Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Rebel Guru Radio, episode 19. This is Rebel Guru Radio with best-selling spiritual author Eric Pepin. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a positive review to help others like yourself find this knowledge. For all of the resources mentioned in this episode, check out our show notes at rebelgururadio.com forward slash episode 19. In this episode, Eric explores the topics of religion, new age spirituality, and self-reflection Learn how self-awareness and acknowledging your own personalities or programming can allow you to reach an even higher potential. Then break down the science and truth behind simulated reality. Enjoy! Man, where to begin? I've got a lot for you. I'm a very philosophical, truth-seeker kind of a guy, so... All right. I kind of fit that mold, so I've got lots of questions for you tonight. I just have... I have one question. Why in the hell did you wait how many years... Before reaching out to me, you got spooked with everything. <laughs> what what happened? That's a good question, man. Because you're you're one of like hundreds, you know. And they're just kind of creeping out, you know, slowly. And they're like, "Yeah, I read the book years ago. I was really into it." And I'm like, "Well, but you know, we're, we you know, what happened? They all get cold feet. Is it you know what is the yeah. problem?" Well, that's a good question, Eric. I think for me, it was met just the right timing, you know. Yeah. Um, I had kind of a, a really interesting walk for a long time. It's been an up and down journey like most people, you know, have had, but I just feel like now is the right time. You know, I I have kind of an extensive background in Christianity. Mm-hmm. So it took Got me a long you. time Got to kinda you. Yeah. Kinda outgrow some of my own beliefs, so right. to speak. And All right. I, I I don't think a lot of people are kinda ready for stages until certain parts of their life. Even for you, for me, I, agree. I couldn't have had this conversation five years ago. You know, I agree. Got you. Like when I was younger, my Christian walk, I just I couldn't have handled some of the questions that even you seek and you answer. Yeah. And yeah, um, so yeah, so I think it was just the right timing. You know, all right, all right. good. That's a here we That's are an now. honest answer, and I can live with that. <laughs> I could have used you five years ago, but I'm glad we're here now too. All right. So what do you got? Oh man, um, I guess let's start off with the wonderful topic of religion. Okay. You know, as I told you, I do have a long background in Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, I've kind of reached this awkward point, Eric, where I'm kind of in this awkward transition. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I've outgrown my old beliefs, but I don't really know where I stand now. You know, I'm kind of right. in this awkward middle ground of like I outgrew that and I have no firm footing anymore. Yeah. You know? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, I have an, a number of people in the same boat as you. Uh, okay. you know, in various ages, but within that, that, you know, from younger to even older. And I mean, it was just a matter of months. I've got one, you know, student who, who's come a long ways and they were just hardcore Christian just four months ago before meeting me. Wow. 
and you know you're talking you know prayer group leader you know all the the, the head person for <laughs> events and stuff but you know it's it really comes out, i don't like knocking other faiths i don't like to to say oh christianity is terrible hinduism is this and that buddhism i think that it's right for people who are seeking some level of comfort and direction. But I also believe, and this is a, a bolder statement, which, you know, I can get a little bit of slack back, but I also think intellectually it it is also the level of one's intellect that, that you begin to start questioning things. Your generation is the internet generation. You guys grew up with the internet and True. you have access to a slew of information at your fingertips. And that is, information although 80 percent junk in my opinion but it, it it still doesn't matter it it brings up a lot of opinions a lot of voices a lot of data a lot of stuff to reflect on and i think that people are just getting smarter we know that there's like a, a 60 70 i think even higher than that percent uh of people leaving uh religious institutions because wow. and when they're interviewed why they're like i just can't accept the answers that I'm given that, that yeah. they don't satisfy me. And I feel like something has been missing for years. And, and, you know, I'm just at the point now where I'm, I'm looking for something that has better answers. And right. that's kind of how I, I look at it. I, I see that, you know, religion is adapting with a lot of their views on things, whether it be social or political or scientific, you know, they're, they're trying to, to adjust themselves to society because to me, it's big business. If you really think about it True. and, and they're, you know, if they're leaving the, you know, the pastors don't have anybody making donations to, to pay for the mortgage on the church, their house, their lifestyle, there's, you know, there's a need to, how do we adapt? How do we bring in more flock as we call it? You know, the, the people. True. And so I think that with the younger generation, they're just, they're just way more educated, way more science, way more logic. And, you know, it just can't deny the, the majority of the science behind it. It's one thing to say you have faith. Okay. But it's another when it begins to narrow into the, the ideology that they want you to, to guide your life by that doesn't quite add up in modern times and that's the, exactly. the, the frustrating part well it's tough because i feel like many people like me have this conflict between their heart and their head yeah their heart sees truth at least to an extent yeah in, in those institutions and religions but their mind can't accept the dogma yeah you know my heart wants to be a part of a church or a community but my yeah. head says no i can't accept that stuff and yeah. i feel like an outlaw you know yeah. and, i, I, so I think tough. you're one you're i think you're one of hundreds of thousands out there um i i think that uh from from my experience you know i would i would say that you are not a unique situation in that sense i think that there's a passion to to love god but you know i call it the universe because i don't like the word god necessarily anymore because it's been so uh monopolized by religion oh for sure and so the second you say it people want to put you into some kind of category religiously so I think that there's a very strong sense that, or I call it the force, the universe, call it whatever you want. And I think that, you know, most people that are in your kind of bracket are brought in through your family, okay, and indoctrinated right. into a religious thinking. And then when you outgrow it, it becomes something where you feel emotionally uh, obligated in a sense, and there's a, a sense of guilt to, to separate from that. 
And I, I think it's, and, and it, it is hard because it's, it's, it's like you're saying, it's, it's also friends, family functions. I mean, it is a community thing. So, yeah. Um, Do you see there being a place for religion? Like, is it, uh, you think um, I, I think that the place for religion is, I, I'll just talk very boldly. I think religion is, is, is been dying and on its way out for the past two decades. Oh, for um, sure. If you look at Europe, I mean, their, their percentage of people who, who are basically attending church is like 20% of the population. In America, <laughs> it was 80% just 10 years ago or thereabouts. Yeah. And it's dropping dramatically. We're catching up to what the Europeans have more or less figured out. So at the end of the day, I, I just think it's, it's, it's just the common person now who's, who's basically under 40 years old is just able to poke too many holes in the whole, the whole religious viewpoint. It's the problem right. isn't the, the socialness and the function of it. And I think that's where they should adapt. They should be more like a unified religion where people can come, whether you believe in meditation or whatever, but the bottom line is you believe in God, you believe in wholesomeness, you believe in certain values in, in life, and that you come right. together as a, a community rather than saying, okay, you have to use condoms, you have to do this or that, you, you can only date this person or that person. And I, I think that they need to be broader minded and they're too old school and they need to adapt. And I think the younger generations are just much more broader minded. Um, I agree. And so in there lies the problem. I also think the new age uh, has come to an end also. I think that, that nobody's really that much now going to be, I think people who were once into crystals for healing and stuff like that and <laughs> astrology and all this stuff, I just think it's just as much bunk as, as a lot of stuff in religion. So I'm always amused where they want to go, oh, well, religion's dead, but you know what we're doing. I'm like, well, any intelligent person's going to you know poke holes in this too. So right. I, I have always never seen myself as part of the new age movement either. You know, uh, I try to keep myself as distant from that, but I don't really have a name for what I, what I do, but I call it like a spiritual science, a spiritual, <laughs> uh, intellectual. I love science, you know? Right. So, um, you know, uh, so, but I, I think that the new age and religion is on its way out. I give it another probably 20 years before it's like maybe 5%, 10% of the population. The whole law of attraction thing and just all that stuff. What's your view on that whole message of the whole new age movement? You know, I mean, it's, it's, I've said for, for two decades, look, I don't believe in astrology. It's too vague. The, 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 <laughs> the houses don't line up correctly to what we know as <coughs> through astronomy. That doesn't make any logic. You can give a, a, a breakdown analysis to a group of students from their date of birth, time of birth, yada, yada, yada. Read it. They're all blown away. And then the teacher will say, hand it to the person next to you because you just read theirs and you thought it was your own. And, you know, it's just it's just stuff like that that makes it so much more difficult for the real investigation of 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 spirituality or psychic phenomena or mental abilities or time and space or, you know, any of these things when you start to get into quantum physics and, and anomalies and, and stuff like this, split particles, um, it just goes on and on, that it really takes away from, from us really looking at something that's already incredibly elusive to, to figure out. And we're just technologically barely scraping the surface and we're saying, hey, there's really something here. So... Yeah. 
Um, you know, I'm not a fan of people who do the crystals. I'm not into people, you know, or into the idea of token animals and shamanism. But I can't knock shamanism 100%, but it just depends who, who, what, what angle and what, what position are they coming from. If you're going to come from shamanism from a, 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 um, a, a chemical level, Okay, and some various levels of spirituality. Now, now I respect that. Do you get what I'm saying? But when yeah. when you got people who who don't have a clue what they're getting involved in, but they're just like, oh, I have a token animal. I'm a wolf or I'm a badger. <laughs> you know, it's it's always like people with reincarnation. You know, it, it just blows my mind. Oh, I was you know King George the Eighth, uh, Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, it's like everybody you meet is these famous people, and it's like you know the reality is. You, you you know it's just i just stay try to stay as far away from that as i can yeah. and so these are things that i consider the new age and when you really look at the new age stuff what it really is is if you follow it back you you've got to go to the to, to eastern philosophy to to go back to ancient vedic teachings and and you go to deep buddhism and you go into to the old school stuff and you find the slivers of truth that they were teaching which is probably dead on okay yeah and you get this western what i call dumb dumb intelligence and they candy coated into color spiral rainbows and and you know and and token animals that love you and they're all around you you know and it it's just enough to make me go crazy the the biggest one is like when i have people that not to not christians or catholics or, or catholicism but you know oh i have a a, a guardian angel and you know you look at the person they're 50 years old typical housewife you know they've got children who've got children so their grandmother yada 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 and they've got the metaphysical degree and yada 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 and they're like oh i have a guardian angel and, my, and i'm thinking well is your guardian angel have a level of intelligence and of course you know yeah i mean so they can have a conversation if they chose to have a conversation or with other angels if that's the case or whatever i just so if you died would you want to be a guardian angel because I, from the way it sounds to me your job is to sit in the corner of the room follow this person their entire living life and i don't know you sit and you, you knit waiting for them to have a moment where there's an accident so you can run over and go i'm here to save you you know like that is the purpose of your existence that that's terrifying to me that may as well just be a form of hell in a pretty level with throwing wings on your back i mean that your 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 purpose in life is to govern over somebody else's from having an error in their life but it's pretty strange yeah but this is where do you attack somebody for this or even try to rationalize it with them because if you do it's like to them they've built up this idea or view of a relationship with this invisible person and there's like this heartache that they have or like it's a death of a person but it's a death of a belief right and so you know i find you know what is is that my job to do that is that what i really want to do if what you know is there is there something i'm going to follow up and do for this person to to help them better their life or am i just going to leave them hanging after i kind of dismantle this whole belief system <laughs> good question so you know it's just like you know i just rather let let you know sleeping dogs lie as they say you know let them stay there yeah. um you know it's not my job to save the world it's not my job to convert the world it's not my job to convince anybody that i have the right view versus own i put what my thoughts are if people want to read it if they want to hear it if they want to listen to it fine they either will agree or don't agree i don't push it on anybody but yeah at the end of the day you know those are, are some of my positions on 
religion and and stuff that you know what one could say well you know eric you don't believe in all things but you got some pretty crazy ideas too you know i i believe in imbuing something and putting consciousness into objects you know i've realized that may sound kind of crazy to people but if yeah. if you know my my logic behind that is, is look i've been doing psychic work since i've been a kid i mean if i pick up an object and i've got information from holding a freaking object from somebody and oh. that is astoundingly correct information in detail okay where did that information come from? I have a scientific brain also. And the first thing is, okay, it's got to be my imagination. And then when you're given information that just goes beyond any rational level of what you could know on a personal level, you, you've got to say now, where is the source of that information coming from? And how did it involve itself into a freaking watch or a ring or an object <laughs> from that person? That's interesting. You know, but then, you know, I have to start looking at it and I have to say, well, I believe that there's an aura, there's an intelligence where energy, that energy saturates and stuff. And then you got to think of how do I educate somebody very quickly in very simple terms before it gets more and more complex, which can come later. And I always say, well, all your clothing absorbs your energy, your frequency, your vibe, which is a very loose word used in the new age community and spiritual community, because it can mean anything, sure. just like frequencies. So. I say, if you wear your best friend's shirt, the moment you put it on, if you have self-awareness or self-reflection for a few moments, you feel like your friend. You feel That's like, crazy. this isn't me. I feel like that person. And how I look at that is, is that shirt is charged with that person's consciousness. Yeah. Their, their energy is emoting off of their body. The cellular electrons moving through muscles and tissue and everything. It doesn't just stay within the god you know the rails of a nervous it, it kind of has this electrical field and it's right. it's absorbing or saturating like i'll i'll say like a sponge into the clothing that the persons wear so when you wear somebody else's it's like somebody's taking a a a, a video cassette and, and you're the video player and you're feeling whatever this this you know is or it's like a com computer disc of a program that you've been given and your equipment is 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 basically playing the program to understand it so That's for crazy. about five or ten minutes you're like god i really feel like you know my buddy john or whoever <laughs> shirt you're wearing or, or or you know peters or, or whoever and so and then what happens is, is your own energy field because it's dominant you're you're the source of it starts to resaturate it so it's kind of like pouring milk into a sponge eventually it swells up and it starts to let the milk ooze out the other side when there was water if i start pouring red kool-aid into it eventually it starts to turn the milk from being milk as it's pushing it out from a white to a pink to a brighter pink to a brighter red until it becomes clear and then that clears kool-aid as it continues <laughs> so you're kind of doing the same thing with clothing so the same thing happens with houses and environments and it doesn't just end there it can be a town i mean people don't pay attention to these things when you go into someone's house you may never have been there before it may be the cleanest nicest most modern most beautiful house and you're like i feel like this is a bad place i feel it that's in the true and so there that is an awareness that's a sensory and animals have this and humans have it through evolution we just don't think about it because we're, we're the top of the, the predatorial list it's like there's so many <laughs> things we've forgotten to, to feel what we feel or check in with ourselves and so you know you can go to a town and you feel like oh my god there's something about this town i don't like once you stay in a place long enough it will re it will you will calibrate or adjust to that environment and then you don't feel it no more it's like you condition yourself to get used to it 
I, I say it's kind of like getting used to cold weather if you move to a northern area. And for the first year, if you're from a southern area, you're always freaking cold. Okay, you're like, oh my God, it's freezing. And everybody else is, what are you talking about? You know, they're walking around t-shirts at 65 degrees, 68 degrees. I don't think anything of it. A year or so later, you then too are doing that. You're not thinking about it. You've adjusted. Same thing goes if they go somewhere to the south and it's 80 degrees out or 85. They're like, oh my God, I'm ready to die. I'm sweating. Yeah, so you know what I'm saying? But you adjust. So, so is true about going to bad energy areas or living in a bad house versus a, a good vibe house. It's all about listening to your initial sensory. Your your sensory field is getting information. It's electrically like fingers touching the entire environment, giving you information. It's just matter a matter of whether we're going to think about what we're feeling and then react to that. Wow. Well, that's good. I um. Well, that's where you seem different, Eric. I think the biggest difference with, that I've seen from you is you have a systematic approach. Because even my background in Christianity, I would see crazy things. Yeah. You know, I would kind of scratch the surface. I saw miracles people wouldn't even believe. I saw blind eyes open. Yep. You know, I had these crazy visions at times. I would prophesy into people's lives and read their mail. Yep. You know, and just things like that that I couldn't really understand. But I didn't have a system to keep those things going. Yep. It was kind of like it would happen <laughs> haphazardly and... I was like, I don't know what's going on, but I felt like it was this Holy Spirit inside of me. That's how I interpreted things. But you have, it seems like just a system to just dig deeper, to see consistent results. And where I was before, just kind of going randomly and haphazardly. And yeah, just to kind of get personal with you here, I've had this thing that it's been happening for the past five years. So I grew up, I was really this crazy extrovert. Even five years ago, I was all this stuff. I was this big preacher kind of a guy, whatever, all these ambitions, goals, and dreams, and then I don't know how it happened, man, but somehow I got this uh, extreme anxiety. Yeah. And it just, it wasn't like one day it kind of came on progressively to the point where I almost felt, if I, if I could describe it, it felt like there was like this dark cloud that was like attached to me. Yeah. And if I was using Christian terms, I would say it was a demon. Yeah. You know, because yep. it was like this thing sure. was always on me and I felt like I was going crazy. I read neuroscience, quantum physics, you know, anything you name it that would give me answers and nothing yeah. could give me answers. It yep. was all just yep. rhetoric, you know? Yep. And the more I looked, the only the only place I found answers was spirituality. Yep. But my intellect and my heart were still divided. And even now, I still have this massive anxiety at times. It just comes on me like a flood. It makes no sense intellectually. Yeah. And I just, it's to the point, I really believe it's a spiritual thing. Yeah. And it's honestly been impressing me for about five years now. Yeah. It's hard to talk to with people. And all I know is it's a spiritual thing because I've yeah. tried intellectually for years to figure it out. Well, I've even gone to counseling and nothing's really Let me, let me intervene. Let me, let me just kind of cut in there and, and say this. One, you know, to come up with an opinion of what that is during a short conversation I think there's a lot of people would say, oh, you know, I can heal this or I can do this and that. I have right. a very rational mind as much as I have a, a out there <laughs> kind of mind, okay? Yeah. And the first thing is is that, you know, I, I believe in in this kind of reality of how I see things. I, I try to always keep at least one foot grounded. And I always say you should always For come sure. up with three reasonable 
answers, or at least two of them need to be kind of reasonable in, in an earthly level. And the third one, you can start to reach a little further. Okay. And you know, you have to ask yourself, you know, maybe you're going through a depressive moment, maybe biochemically something in your body's off. And it's, I mean, and and that's true for a lot of people. Um, maybe the anxiety is you're growing older and you're, you're, you're sensing like, what am I doing with my life? Am I happy in my career? Do I, I mean, you did do a big radical change in your career. Evidently you had to get educated and get a degree to be teaching and here you changed all that. So that could be that kind of angst or anxiety of like, I'm, I want to find something I want to do in life. And you know, those are the first things I would be looking for in someone before I start pushing some, some other higher level idea. Okay. Now, it, I think it's true to say that it could be several things that feel like it's just one big pressure, but it's actually several things coming from different you know, directions. And I, right. I'm betting I'm right about the first two to some degree. I don't think it's completely the whole problem, but I think it's contributing. But I also think that a person who is a what I call a white cell from a very young age intuitively know that there is a purpose, that there is a destiny that they're supposed to meet. There is a sense of knowing that they have to evolve spiritually or awaken, and it's enough to drive them nuts their whole life. It's like this driving force. And exactly. <laughs> and the first thing is, is that I'll hear people say, well, everybody feels that way. No, they do not feel that way. No, Agreed. not everybody feels that way. Because they'll sit there and they'll go, well, everybody feels that way. I felt like I should be doing like, you know, more <laughs> hairstyle jobs and blah, 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 blah. They don't, they think that they, they understand what we're saying about this crazy need. We know it's spiritual. We know it's the elements of it. Yeah. And so, but I'm also trying to explain for anybody who will be listening to this later. And right. so the, the, the point is, is that I would, I, I say that 85% of the population does not feel that just because they say they do dig a little deeper and you'll realize it's not the same thing you're talking about. Mm-hmm. There is this incessant, it's almost enough to drive you nuts. That's constantly searching for these answers. This is what gets everybody to go look for these books and these things and, and, and get into everything. Okay. Yeah. So, so I think you have that. There's no question about it. That is that sense of needing to serve God. It's like, it's enough to drive you nuts. It's like you get like this little piece of like, this is who, this is God and you need to serve me. But (laughs) there's no other like diagram to say, okay, how do we figure this all out? And you know, got to be a little bit more specific with me, God. Okay. It's like, you're just leaving me hanging now. And it's like, where'd you go? Where? Hey, hello. You know? Um, So you, you, you're, you know, that is enough to cause any person spiritually an incredible amount of anxiety. An incredible yeah. amount of a sense of failure, a sense of, of like, I didn't fulfill whatever it is, or I'm not fulfilling whatever it is I'm supposed to do in my life. And that is my drive because I feel that same thing. And this is why I believe that, you know, you have to, to do exactly what religion says not to do. And that's to develop psychic abilities. Okay. <laughs> because everything they tell you is to control you. I say, do these things to liberate yourself and don't be a typical human that fears everything you don't understand. Well, if you fear everything you don't understand and you don't have an inquisitive mind, well, guess what? You're not going to grow. You're going to live under the same rock your entire life because you were not you were too afraid to wander out a little. True. Okay. So you have to contain that fear and try to approach it like a, a scientist would just in spirituality and try to look at it in different ways. So 
I think those are, are things that, that are affecting you right now. I think you have an incredible spiritual drive. I don't doubt that for a moment. Look at the conversation we're having, okay? But I also think that you have to, to look at your life like an ecosystem and, and say what other stuff you know doing. And you have to sit down and say, okay, I'm doing something now I, I want to do. I'm passionate about it. I'm, I, I have a job, I'm doing some, I'm pursuing, you know, what I want to do. And now I'm, I'm continuing to pursue my spirituality and I, I feel like I'm able to sing. But you'll find that that negative vibe, when you really reflect on it, starts to diminish. Right. One of the biggest things about white cells that I, I find it so frustrating for me is this incessant drive to feel not worthy to God. To feel as if you you do not deserve God's love or or presence in your life, okay? Yeah. Like like you know, especially if you come from a religious background, you're like, I abandoned yeah. that, so I'm undeserving. And then you're like, but no, I should be deserving. And I say to anybody, you know, if you ever have children, would you want your your child, your son or daughter, to feel they're undeserving of your love because they not. they messed up? Would you feel that way from your parents that, that you weren't deserving of their love? Do you think that's fair to them? So I say as far as that goes, the biggest thing to relieve yourself is is to realize that the universe unconditionally loves you. It's up to you to, to evolve yourself, and that's up to you. But no matter how far you go or how little you go, it's still going to love you. But if you want to be integrated more and you want to serve on a higher level, well, then you got you got to bring your game. you got to build skills. Absolutely. So... So that's my, my thoughts with, with that, you know, without meeting you in person to kind of get a, a real direct vibe off of that's, that's what I'm thinking. I think that, that, you know, I think you're going through exactly the three things that I'm, I was saying. I think it's not just one of them. I think it's all three and it's sure. a lot of anxiety. You're at a 27, 28 years old. You're almost approaching 30, 30. I call the mini midlife crisis <laughs> and you're, you're approaching it for women. They hit it already at 27 guys tend to hit it around 30, but if they're a little bit more, you know, kind of connected, it already starts in the in mid twenties even. I was 25. Yeah. So there you go. And so, um, you know, these things are all kind of predictable because I, I meet so many people after 30 years of teaching, you know, I, I see patterns. And, you know, so I'm, I'm getting to the point where I guess I could say I'm getting a little wiser, you know, a little bit more mellow and, and cursing <laughs> yeah. less and less frustrated with everything. So we'll, we'll see. Hopefully it's going to go in a good direction. That's awesome. Okay, let's go to the question of enlightenment. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been studying that for a long time. I've, uh, I've kind of gone from salvation in Christianity to enlightenment yeah. in general now. Yeah. And I'm just curious what your thoughts are on that because the more I study that, the more it seems like it's just it's more confusing. It just seems like true enlightenment is a lack of self. So it, it's almost like it's a very, it's like, why would you pursue something that leads to nothing? Does that make sense? It's almost yeah. like, it's like this road, like, why would I even go down that road if it leads to nothing? Like everything I mean, else in, in the New Age community, it has been twisted, contorted, powder-coated, rainbow-colored, fuzzy fuzzy love <laughs> from it. Feel the, the love, namaste, you know, and and there there is truth to all these things, but people of a lesser knowledge, lesser dedication to going back to ancient period and really understanding what they were talking about once there's there's this huge barrier of even understanding the language let alone interpreting what they were talking about from thousands of years ago and these right. guys kind of knew what they were doing because they didn't have anything like TVs and radio and stuff <laughs> to distract them they were yeah. poor they were dirt ass poor what did they do they ate a little bit and they sat around reflecting mentally all day long <laughs> so you better figure they figured a few things out True. having having said that 
I think that the term enlightenment, like the word God, has taken on this connotation of being owned by something that's incredibly elusive, and you, you don't really know how to handle it, and that's exactly what's happened. You know, I remember, you know, people used to say to me all the time, well, you're enlightened, you're enlightened. I'm like, I don't like to be called enlightened. I don't want to be called special. I don't want to be a prophet. I don't want to be anything because, you know, on this planet, you kill all your prophets. So, you know, uh, I'm True. like, you know, I don't want to be any, I'm just me. I'm just this, this person who, who's just kind of like, you know, in any other terms of perfection, I'm just as fucked up as the rest of you guys. I just, I have my thing and it's my thing. And people want to know what my thing is because they're like, hey, that's cool shit you can do. So yeah. I teach it, but but in the same time, everybody else wants to noose me and tie me down because I don't fit a certain standard or mold that ideally fits into it. And my my answer to all of them is is that the person who's going to have the answers is going to be the person that doesn't fit into the mold because they're uniquely unpredictable. Anything that's going to be beyond you is something you don't understand or couldn't comprehend or you don't you don't get it. True. That's what makes it unique, and 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 when you get it, you're you you just totally kind of like, wow, I never thought of things that way. Yeah. If everything is from this mold or basket that you pick, well, you already can anticipate what to expect from it. So it's what are you learning new? You already kind of know what's going to happen. Yeah. So when it comes to enlightenment, uh. You know, I can say I'm enlightened. I believe I'm enlightened because every definition that I've ever looked at in 30 years, I definitely meet. But if you, you're going to say, well, am I walking around shooting rainbows out my butt? Well, no, but it's open to interpretation who you ask, I guess. But the, the, the point is, is that everybody seems to have a different value of what that is, whether you have to be incredibly humble or you have to be, you know, gifted to do all these abilities 24-7, or you're in servitude to other human beings, yada yada. But most of the guidelines by which we judge this are people who aren't living. True. So you you have, I don't want to say that they're fictional characters, but you have the best parts, the best story, the best... It's like when, when someone in your life dies, and you're like, God, they were a complete asshole when you were living. You're like, ah, rah, rah, rah. But when they die, it's like some reason we <laughs> empathetically want to see only the best parts, and we have the best fond memories of that person. True. And we begin to edit in our mind and create this, this idyllic thing, and then we start yearning and missing them. And in the end, I think it's the same thing when we write books about spiritual masters. A lot of people don't recall if you really look at the pages, okay? And that's probably only 2% of their entire life that's recorded in this book. And that's polished and edited how many times to impress people to get them into the flock, okay? Yeah. But, you know, Jesus had meltdowns too yelling when they were trying to heal the lepers. And they were like, we can't do it. Rah! Could you imagine that scene? I guarantee it was cleaned up a bit. It probably was like me uh -huh. screaming at people, okay? Yeah. When you look at Milarapa, I mean, you, you, you find the same thing. I mean, he just went through all these different phases to get to where he was. But, you know, the, the, the idea is that we, we want to fit an idyllic view of what a, a enlightened or spiritual master is supposed to be. And I do think that there's certain values they should have. And there's there's certain things. But I think that that if you've never met one, how can you say that the standard is, is whether they are or aren't? I say throw enlightenment completely out and just find somebody who teaches you that makes sense. And as long as you're learning and you're having epiphanies and mind-blowing experiences and revelations and thought, run with it. And when the day comes where it stops, you're done. You move on to the next thing. Right. But no matter what, you've changed as a person, you've grown, you've matured, hopefully. And you take that and you use it for whatever. 
and that, that's kind of my approach. So enlightenment to me is always like a person who, who sees stars in the sky. <laughs> they think that if they climb up a mountain that they can get closer to it so they can get up and touch it. But they don't realize that the light is traveling to them and they don't understand the concept of how far that distance is. So there, it's like walking to get to that star, to get to that horizon that, that I'm going to get. It's like trying to get to a rainbow's end. Yeah. There, 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 to me, enlightenment is, I, I would say it would have to be the highest level of perfection in life. You'd have to be super sympathetic, super, super compassionate. You would have to have mastered all senses of reality, all senses of physics and the laws of physics and be able to bend them and do all sorts of stuff with that. And, you know, it's this idyllic, perfect person. And as long as that is the idea and you can't step back and go, okay, I just don't see that as being feasible. Then you spend your life chasing something that you'll never attain. And you'll always feel like you're not worth it because you never could get there. And this is why I despise all of these spiritual teachers that they come off like, you know, on a stage dressed in white and they're all (laughs) bullshit. They go around the corner. They're farting. They're yelling at their staff. They're doing all these different things. You just don't see they're creating this this image that they're trying to tell the masses. You've got to reach where I'm at. But what you're seeing is a facade. If there's anything true about Eric Pepin is what you see is the truth. (laughs) <laughs> Good, bad, and indifferent, just like anybody else. There's things about myself I don't care for. There's things I do like about me, and I'm always trying to improve myself. That's yeah. probably the best quality anybody could have is trying to improve yourself. Agreed. So, you know, I say take me for who I am, but I'm a realist. And and I believe that's the first step to truly evolving in your consciousness and in your abilities. So enlightenment is about developing yourself as much as you can. And the moment that you self-reflect, you've entered enlightenment, in my opinion. When I say to you that that we are 15% of the population as white cells and the other 85% don't care about whether they're, they're reflecting, what am I? Is this all that I am? They're not obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. They can follow a cookbook that we call a religious Bible or a religious, you know, uh, 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 Torah or whatever you want. Okay. It's to me, it's a recipe book, but in us, <laughs> there's this inner design that's driving us. And the moment that you start to try to answer it or try to, to figure it all out, you've in, entered in what I call the enlightenment cycle. And that enlightenment yeah, cycle, con- it continues to the day you die, unless you completely give up on everything, then it's like the enlightenment cycle kind of gets put on a shelf for a while, but yeah. it's still always there nagging you. And that's what it did for you. Do you see what I'm saying? It's always ready to to jump back into the game, to drive you half crazy in this world, you know? Well, it's funny. That's where I was before I talked to you. That's why this conversation is funny because I reached a point where I was kind of ready just to give up for a while. And I've been asking these questions for so long, Eric. I just kind of reached a point where I'm like, you know what? I'm just frustrated with all this stuff. I'm just going to focus on me. Do what I love and pursue my passions, and well, yep. of course the questions don't stop. There's always that. There's always that deep underlying nagging. Yeah. But that's kind of where I was at before this conversation. Just kind of at that point, I'm just like, all right, you know, where do I go from here? And he's yeah. never gonna leave. But that's where I was at too. Kind of that transition, as I yeah. mentioned before. Yeah. Let's talk about reality too. You're kind of mentioning that as well. Um, yeah, it's just crazy, man. Like, because reality really is subjective, isn't it? Yes. I mean, what's <laughs> 
Like, are we living in the Matrix for real? Like, what is what is your take on that, man? It's, it's well, so that's why I told you not to watch the uh, the program I did last night. Uh, we <laughs> had hundreds of people who who participated and listened to it for two hours. I basically told everybody you live in a simulated reality, and that's the truth of it. And all the greatest minds right now are all on board with it. If you crunch the numbers, everything in our universe is mathematical, and we are shocked by that. And because it's mathematical, it means it's predictable. So the point is, is this, as much as you think of stuff in a caveman level, like it's solid, it's real, therefore reality is real. No, we are at a part of an evolutionary level of, of commonality, at least in the advanced countries, where we're looking at virtual reality, we're looking at video games, okay? And as um, uh, 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 the Tesla guy there, uh, uh, what's his name? Musk. Musk. I mean, he, he says, like, you know, if you look at Pong, we start off with Pong. That was just, like, 30 years ago or whatever, you know, if yeah. not less. And that was the level of our skills. Bunk, 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 you know, with the paddles going on. <laughs> and in that time now, we have characters in video games where you see the pores of their skin, their hair flowing. And it's not thick and loppy. It's becoming as, as, as detailed almost as ours. In another 10 years, uh, 10 years to 15 years, it's going to become so uh, in virtual reality, wearing these glasses will become so indistinguishable from reality that you're not going to be able to tell the difference. And That's pretty scary. <laughs> they're going to find ways. Yes, absolutely. They're going to to eventually build it into our neural system where you're going to hear things, you're going to smell things, you're going to taste things, you're going to touch things. And that is going to be the commonality to which you go into a virtual reality. You're going to need an alarm clock or some system that regularly makes you come out of it because you're going to forget your life. You're going to think that your life was a dream and the virtual reality is your true life. Wow. That really is this reality. That isn't it? is absolutely this reality. Now, the thing is, is that it's really hard to imagine that we're in a virtual reality, but I, I would say this to, to anybody. This is what I said last night. Look, every white cell already knows this. We yeah. know this is the truth. It's yep. just a matter of defining it and accepting that truth and, and, and finding a way to get our brain around the system. But <laughs> thousands of years ago, the spiritual people would meditate. They come out of the meditation. The first things they come out of their, their one-day meditation or one-week meditation, which is the biggest revelation they have, the deepest they've gone, they come back and they say, reality is but an illusion. <laughs> For crying out loud, what you're really saying, translated into 3,000 years later, where we're using all sorts of slang words, we're saying what you're really saying is, is that we live in the matrix. Yeah. So now the new word, instead of calling it the matrix, because that's another dominated word, like the word God versus Christianity and so on and so forth, matrix comes back to the movie, the matrix. So now we come back and we say, okay, simulated reality or a simulated uh, uh, consciousness. or So that's the new scientific way of cleaning it up and, and not getting, you know, caught into other thinking, which is, it's just a good point. So. We, we absolutely believe when we dig in, in, in quantum physics and we keep going down smaller and smaller, you think the details would become more complex, but they become vaster. It's, it's like space widens. If we go up out and we look into the universe, the universe just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Every time we think we've seen the edges of the universe, we find out, no, it's 10 times bigger than that. Simulated reality makes sense when you think about this. It's observable, and the second we are able to observe it, it changes. Now, I did a, a huge lecture 
God, probably almost a decade ago now on all of this. I mean, I've been I've been preaching about it for thirty years, more than thirty years. But yeah. you, I don't I don't come forward and say it at that time period because how do you say to somebody, oh, you're on a you you're a video game, you're in simulated reality <laughs> ten years ago, there, you know? So we have to say dimensions and you know, alternate realities and frequencies. And I would say, okay, imagine, you know, like one frequency, you're in a car and you're driving and you're heading down the highway and you're doing 60 miles per hour and another car next to you is doing 60. You look over, you can see the person, what magazine they're looking at, you know, what hair color they have, what they're wearing for clothing. But if they, if you pass and you keep going and another car passes in the lane and they're doing a hundred miles per hour, all you see is a momentary blur. All you see is something, and you try to distinguish it, but it's gone. It's there and gone. And in some cases, you're not even aware of it. It just shoots by. So these wow. are different frequencies. That's how I try to explain it at that time. But I already wanted to say, look, there's simulated realities happening all around us. When you think you see somebody out of the corner of your eye, I used to say, well, that's a, a spirit or an entity because people could accept that more. The truth is it's an overlaying simulated reality with something going on. Wow. And you just happen to have what I call a glitch or a, a paranormal events like that are paranormal. These aren't these aren't paranormal like ghosts and spirits and hauntings and stuff. It's literally a glitch in the matrix, or as Neo would say in the matrix, it is deja vu is is a glitch. Well, these are not just a repeat of this is like things dripping over or in. And wow. so we as primitive people, because we're still very primitive, we go, oh, they're spirits, they're ghosts, just like <laughs> just our ancestors used to say. <laughs> just that we think we're smarter so do you i'm curious like is i i hate over spiritualizing things we all do that sure. and so i mean like do you think man like what's the i guess the big because i know in your book navigator you kind of talked how we're kind of like cells to god in a sense like how cells are to us in our body yep. so a big picture here i mean because you could say like do you think we're like god god in disguise we well, just there's different ways to look picture? at it, you know, because everything's going to change now in the sense of spirituality. And I, I'm trying to pioneer this this kind of approach and making it palatable to people so they don't feel like, you know, like, oh, we're in a machine. It's cold. It's there's not because there's a knee jerk <laughs> reaction when we say other dimensions. We're fine with that spiritually. The second you call it a simulated reality or we live in the matrix, we get this knee jerk reaction. Uh, that's like a panic attack. Like, what do you mean? So it's just right, words. Right. It's really words. <laughs> And so, um, you know, uh, repeat your question again. So, like, yeah, do you think there's, like, I guess you could call it God. Yes. But is there, like, a grand master plan? Kind of like in the movie The Matrix. There's, like, this whole thing behind it. There's always, like, a, like another level to go to. Yeah. Is there an architect, or is this just kind of this crazy evolutionary process? Like, are we God in disguise? Is there a source you know, behind in, this? Is it a never-ending paradigm? Like, what? is it really you know like what's well oh, look, that's a look, crazy look, question but like what's it, what's going on if you were to study all of the material i have you'd have the answer because for me to give it in a nutshell and have you go oh all right i i can totally get that that's like yeah. you basically being thrown in an mma ring with the world champion <laughs> and saying okay well you can you can do a round with this guy one round Okay. That makes sense. You you right. you know it's it's like people want this instant magic. Want your generation McDonald's? They just want to be tapped. In, they want the easy answer. Mm -hmm. But if you're a physicist or a scientist or you whatever to evolve to that level, you've got to to discipline your mind and you have to have revelations and experiences to to make your mind capable of comprehending something so much more complex than where you're ready. And the ego says, oh, you're ready. You're 27 years old. Oh, you're ready. You're 50. Oh, you're ready. You're 100. Okay. 
And the truth is, is not everybody's really ready for that. It's, it could be terrifying or it could be just so numbing that you really disconnect from everything because you don't really fully understand what to do with it. If you mm -hmm. understand it, there's still the whole level of how do you work with that? What yeah. do you do with it? So, you know, in, in a nutshell, look, it's, it's a very, very complex uh, thing, but I do answer it. And people who students of mine, they, they know I do. Okay. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as I said yesterday, you, you've got to look at it in different ways. One way is to say that you, I often say that if you look at nature, you will see a repetitive process. Uh, chaos theory you if you look at something it's like repeating over and over and over again if you look at a spiral you look at the the uh, or a hurricane a a tornado a a a swirling of water going down a drain uh, a galaxy okay there are certain things that are repetitive over and over it just there's only so many of them True. and so having said that when you look at consciousness as a human being you're made out of billions of living cells if i say to you point to where you are you can't you say this is you but none of it's really you you could get banged in the head and totally be unconscious but this body will keep on going if you feed it it don't give a shit okay but we do know through emotion that we affect it if we're optimistic our immune system goes up if we're if we're depressed the immune system goes down so it's like the force that's affecting all the living portions of your universe your body i mean for cells just to move a tenth of an inch it's like their whole life existence it's like millions of years okay just depending on how you look at it what what portion we're talking having said that you have to look now beyond the organic and look at your consciousness what we call self-awareness your thoughts and when you look at it you know you you and this is what i said yesterday i repeated is that you have different personalities in you the, the person that I'm talking to is, is just a facet of this very multifaceted consciousness that has all these other personalities that actually have their own processing and thinking and how they see the world. Wow. And so on a, on a very simple way, I would say to you, you know, look, if you're really tired, you've been working out at the gym, you got beat up by the training guys and all this other stuff, you're exhausted, your body's Can sore I... and tired, <laughs> but you're starving hungry, okay? So you yeah. go to this restaurant and it's the only restaurant for 50 miles in any direction. You're ready to pass out, you're tired, your, your ass hurts, your back hurts, your head hurts, your shoulders hurt, your hands hurt, everything's been just tired, okay, sore. You go in there and they're like, well, there's a, a 45 minute wait. Now, the first part of one of your consciousnesses, which is the hungry eye, goes, fuck no, I can't wait that long. I got to eat right now. And you, it searches out where, where there might be some other solution to the problem. And it looks over and it sees the bar. And there's these hard wood, stiff, really upright chairs. I mean, just awful. Like, they should have been changed out 20 years ago, okay? Mm -hmm. And you're like, can I sit over there? And the lady's like, yeah, if you want, you can sit there and you can order to eat. And you look over, and there's this other part of you that goes, that's your body part saying, we're tired, we're exhausted. Look at those big, cushy booths. Look how cozy and private they are. Look how comfortable it is. Look at the fabric on there, soft and everything, okay? So now you're having a fight between two intelligent consciousnesses in your mind that have a difference of opinion. Wow. And one is trying to convince you, let's eat now, screw the shit, deal with the hard chair, satisfy the drive of your body. The other one's saying for your body, no, 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 you can wait it's just 45 minutes for Christ's sake. We're already three minutes into it. Think about it. We only got 42 <laughs> minutes left. And let's go, through, we'll go over to the booth, blah, 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 blah. These are intelligences. They're entire personalities. You can almost give them their own name. Okay, but they're part of this complex consciousness you have. Well, you have hundreds, if not thousands of them.
Okay, you have one as a lover, as a friend, as a as a as a as a fighter, as a as a teacher, as a, you we switch these personas onto a certain level, even though they're all sharing data. They all can draw from each other's memories like a hive collective to a database of a computer. Wow. So but they, they certainly have an agenda. They certainly have a personality. They certainly have a stance. Okay. So when you ask me what you're you're asking me is what are we in? Is there a God or anything? I would say to you, when you're in a dream, okay, how many people can you have a conversation with? How how far can you walk in the world of your dream? How deep can you go to the deep depths of the ocean? How far in a spaceship can you travel in space? Tell me the limits. I mean it's limitless my point and that's from your little brain cpu that's a speck in the universe it's smaller than a it looks like a, 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 a smarter smaller than a particle okay think about this that's crazy so if there was one final consciousness its entire consciousness would be like a database of of shared information it's just would say it limits a certain amount of information or at least you think you're limited this is where psychic ability comes in. You're you're getting past the 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 limits or the governors of what's restricting you. Like a car can do 180, but it's set with a little chip in there saying you can only do 90 or 100. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But if you yeah. can find a way to hack it, you would be able to go faster. If you find a way to hack your consciousness, all of a sudden it can pull data from other places. This is what psychic phenomena. This is past lives. This is sensory. This is seeing the future. You some of these these people are finding ways of getting around the system and getting this like kind of small drip level of information and then they're using it and they're like "Ooh, this guy's got powers <laughs> so in essence i believe that god exists whether we are simulated and we're not the real deal or we are the real deal irregardless there is a consciousness to it all and whatever if there is a real deal it's still the dream of this ultimate universe and our consciousness and if you go into the handbook the navigator that i honestly writ in around 15 years old 16 years old it just became later you know to the point where we actually got put into written word when i got older but wow. if you think about what i say about the creation of god and the particles and and how the various particles become kind of combined it became like a da -da -da -da, like electrical pattern and there's no time limit it's you might as well say you got a little tiny dash of snowflake going down a mountain and it's it's got a little gravitational pull if it has all the time in the world and never stops rolling eventually it becomes bigger it becomes more complex True. and as i explain in that that is actually the birth of consciousness of god it eventually starts to self-reflect and we in a sense are its dream <laughs> and it gets more and more complex because it's it's relating and thinking just like in a dream. If you can, if I can say to you, can you learn something in a dream that hadn't occurred to you before? The answer is yes. Look at look at look at how electricity was created. You know, through uh, Edison, it was in a dream. I mean, David Einstein had breakthroughs in his dream. All of these, they were thinking about stuff they couldn't have break. They go in the dream, and all of a sudden, it, it's there. It appears. Wow. That is progressive intelligence. That's like a supercomputer within your own consciousness. <laughs> So in, in essence, I say don't get too caught up in trying to figure out that big answer. And the why, like the huge why, right? Right, because I'll get to why. I'll teach you. I'll, I mean, whatever you're understanding right now is not even a, a quarter of 1% of what I present in all the teachings. Because when you have events that happen psychically and you're like, holy shit, 
that is actually knowledge. It's not just something you observed. It's it's actually a downloading of information that now will take maybe days or weeks, but you're going to revolve on this. And some of it's going to get edited because there is an editing process to limiting you throttling what you can know. True. And so I keep finding ways to hack the, the system. And that's <laughs> really what it should all be called, hacking the, the system of consciousness. Yes, spiritual computer hacking. Yeah, yes, and that's how I look at it. So... Um, you know, people will say, oh, well, you got so much material. Yeah, we got more material than I was told years ago than all of the other paranormal metaphysical schools combined. I've seen you've got lots. For yes, sure. but the truth is you, you can go through that within a, a, less than four years of college, probably one year. OK, <laughs> maybe six months, even if you dedicate yourself and think about it. But it, it's taken over a decade and a half to two decades to compile it. But here somebody comes along and they can just pop it in their headphones and, and go for a walk. And, and just keep downloading all this information. So the advantage to, to new people is just mind-blowing to how fast they could accelerate their consciousness. And they're that's complaining, true. well, that seems like an awful lot. I'm like, oh, well, just go to the McDonald's School of Information and put your flashing gargles <laughs> on in your sound headphones. <laughs> I'm curious. Um, I, I know you mentioned uh, some things about drugs and bending God and mm -hmm. stuff like that, but... Um... So what's your take on hallucinogens and psychedelics? Do you think that's like a, a shortcut, kind of a hack in the system to get there quicker for a quick view or glance? Obviously, for me, I've always kind of seen that as kind of a counterfeit way of doing it. But is that still a legit shortcut for a well, temporary look, look, time? Well, look, I, I would say this. I don't speak out of ignorance, and I'm, I'd like to think I'm honest. And I mean, I've done LSD, I've done ayahuasca, I've done, you've you know, done ayahuasca. Mar absolutely. Okay. I've run to for the longest time. Well, and I would say, you know, look, I, I, I don't feel a need to ever do it again. Yeah. And, you know, there's this whole thing I go into it and what happened and what took place and, and, and you know, what my position is. I, I talk about all these things. I'm very liberal. I'm very honest. I don't hold information, you know, back that. from people. I, I'm, I'm very giving with it. You make of it what you want. Yeah. But, you know, is there an advantage to using hallucinogenic? Absolutely. Absolutely. Does it come at a price? Absolutely. Okay. When I would do um, various things, I mean, it would knock out my psychic ability like 50 fold. No um, way. You know, I would have to have recoup period for my brain synapses to kind of get back and start getting my sensory back and stuff. Uh, right. It depends which drug we're talking about. Did I experience stuff that was interesting? Absolutely. But here's the problem. Everything that I experienced was stuff that I could imagine already. So in other words, if you see a pterodactyl, you're like, holy shit, it's a pterodactyl. <laughs> yeah. But that's nothing new. Show me something new. Show yeah. me something I, I haven't. Cause it, now, are those things out there? Absolutely. Are there, there things, can you push between reality and not through? I think so. Absolutely. You know, um, but you know, in lies the problem, there's a, an addictive level to it. It becomes sure. just like the, the, the strobing lights and the headphones, but tenfold more because you think that you're getting a simpler way of attaining information you want. And then you get addicted to it without realizing you're getting addicted to it and it becomes your go-to. And then no longer can you function in this reality or in society. Yeah. Not only that, but you're burning out neural pathways. So I often say using drugs is like slamming the door of your mind. It's not the door that takes the beating. It's the frame of the door. 
And as you slam that door, eventually it starts to buckle and warp to. Eventually you can't close it no more. You go a little fucking nuts. There's always this this draft (laughs) then, okay? Or worse. You're never quite the same anymore. So you can get away once or twice, but you know what I'm saying? Anytime I've done acid, I've done a lot of, I wouldn't say a lot of acid. I've done a a number of of trips, but I've done some heavy dosing. Um, Mm -hmm. Probably because I have fairly good mental discipline, even when I was younger. I, I found it interesting, but I didn't find it mind-blowing do you understand yeah. um ayahuasca without a doubt in my opinion was probably the strongest one out of all hallucinogens uh that i've done i've done mescaline i've done shrooms i've done none of those compared to to dmt yes real ayahuasca yeah. there's also you know various forms so i had the real one from south america from one of the oldest trees there's a whole story <laughs> i give on it and like a fool i was supposed to just drink some of it and i ended up drinking the whole thing because i i thought it <laughs> I was supposed to, and it turned out I, I wasn't supposed to, but hey. Uh-oh. So um, I had quite the experience, and it legitimately had some – and there's some stuff I say in there that I think is, is absolutely mind-blowing. Even to people who, who utilize it, they totally go, holy shit, you know? And I mean, there you'll see all these insects. There's, there's a repetitive thing, and I often say if you do ayahuasca versus doing like uh, DMT through the pill, yada, yada, uh, there's a difference, to me, there's nothing better than than doing the the plant one, but it's a different experience. True. And the the reason is is that I think that there is um, I'll call it for lack of a better word because I don't necessarily know if there's a word for it or not. Liquid data. It's like program on a USB. It's 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 there, but it's not functionally doing anything until it hits an electrical field and unfolds into a holographic reality and you got all these characters with information that are going to it's like having a virus put in your computer it it, huh. it takes on its own life and it, it is that from the plants, your you own think? life huh is that from the plants do you think yes absolutely yeah. and so you you take on this and it goes in your system and it kind of holographically molds over your consciousness and you interact with that program because if you really look at it x amount of percentage is repetitive people will talk about going through a death cycle you get eating by these bugs where they eat all these i mean if everybody's seeing kind of the same thing then that is kind of like a computer program this is you're 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 going through the motions through your consciousness it's if it was uniquely different for every single person in every level of it you know every aspect of it then that would be something a little bit different so, you know, they talk about what I call the snake ladies, like this lady with black hair. and these things. Now, yeah. I didn't know of any of that stuff. I did not have that presented to me as something that I would experience. And yet there it was. It was only afterwards I started investigating. And I started to see it repeated everywhere and a lot of the stuff oh. that I had experienced. And my feeling was then the same thing. It's, it, to me, was a, a what I call Gaia consciousness versus universal consciousness and a lot of guy people don't like it when i bring this up i think that they're too earthly it's okay. all about mother goddess it's all about you know, earthy stuff and i just cringe from that and i'm like no <laughs> i as much as i'm here to serve the world okay i serve god and god is this this universal thing and of course they feel the same way but i think they're too fixated on the idea of mother goddess stuff okay and that yeah. they can't get out of that that loop so they want to do marijuana, ayahuasca, and that becomes the cycle of their, their existence until they get older, and then, they, of course, they want to move on, but they're like, oh, what did I do with my life? It's over. So, in, in essence, I think that some of these people are very beautiful, and they have good intentions, and I think, like any other group of people, no matter you know who, they, they, there's other people who have other intentions. 
So, but I think that it could be the death of a white cell on a spiritual universal level because for one year to the day, I promised myself that if I did it, that I would not do it again for one year. Okay. No matter how bad I wanted to do it, I would not do it again. Okay. And I can tell you from the minute I came back out of it, the only thing that was on my mind was going back into it and wow. acquiring more ayahuasca to go into it. So anybody tells you it's not addictive, it's full of shit, okay? Same um, with cannabis, same thing in my it's opinion. super, yes, cannabis. When people say cannabis is not addictive, I'm like, shit, it's not. <laughs> I had dreams about smoking marijuana for like two years after. <laughs> I'd wake up looking, thinking that I had it in some cabinet, you know? I can and, agree. Yeah, so, so the point is, is that this is where you get these people who get sucked into doing ayahuasca and they justify it. They find ways of, of making their argument of why it's good and why you should do it and yada, 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 okay? Yeah. And to me, that's no longer you. If, if, if I wanted to do it so bad that I was, you know, but it was my will of making that commitment to myself. And I had this little pressure. It's it's kind of strange, but it's to me, it's like when you snap a bottle like Snapple. It's got that little pop top thing where the air hits it. It goes snap or whatever. It makes that pop, okay? Yeah. I felt like that was underneath my skull. I can give you almost the exact spot. And it stayed there for months, months and months and months and months, okay? Uh, almost, I don't know if it was almost a year or eight months or whatever it was, but I remember where I was driving back from work where where exactly i was and i'd always kind of like want it to pop like i wanted you can't get to it there's a skull you know and yeah. i'd always be trying to I'd be like gosh it's driving me nuts but eventually you get used to it then you think about it you want to get in there and you can't and one time i was like just kind of mentally just working it working it. just wanting to go when you're driving what else you got to do right and <laughs> finally all of a sudden it went pop and it was relief and from that moment on i had no more desire to do the the ayahuasca again Wow. Yes, and I remember the moment, the place, everything of where that moment happened. So then I was like, oh, okay, I'm over it. So it's like I came back to my senses. So it was that powerful. I, I swear I probably thought about it every day at least once of wanting to do it again and having to control myself from my higher consciousness going, okay, you know, let's, let's just put it aside. But yeah. my body wanted it. Wow. Yep. Another powerful, uh, <laughs> powerful desire, sex. Um, yeah, I just because even in, in my Christian background, things of the flesh are seen as negative, bad, and I have seen some positive aspects of abstinence with you know gaining spiritual power that way. And I'm curious what your take is on sex. I mean, how? What's your spiritual view on sex in general? I, I think I do a two-hour or four-hour like class four just hours. on that subject. <laughs> I mean, it's such a touchy subject. It's so taboo. I mean, it's only in the last five years, if you think about it, that you started to see on regular TV people showing their ass. Now they're grinding and doing all their business on TV. You may not see That's parts enough. doing it. But now we're like, ah, oh, what's the big deal? Okay? Yeah. Before, it was like, oh, 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 my God, you know? And, you know, now, and then, of course, you have the taboo of various sexes and same sex and everything else. It's your generation now, MTV. You don't give a shit. We're finally catching up to the French and the Europeans. They're so much <laughs> way beyond us in the Spaniards, okay? We're, we're really yeah. very, this is why I said 80% religion here, 20% there. We really are the Neanderthals when it comes to that. And it's like, you know, True. it's all so, so bad, okay? Control, 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 control. That's what it is. Um, is there energy involved with sex? Absolutely there is. 
is uh-huh. there is there is there other issues with yeah you're talking about one of the most strongest programmed things in in human nature that guarantees the procreation of our species so next to to breathing oxygen next to having to drink water and having to eat food and having to have shelter your fifth one or thereabouts is basically the drive that's designing you to mate to procreate true the the problem is is that it wants to make a baby okay and we want to <laughs> yeah, cheat the does. system and we've managed to cheat the system so we're constantly going at it like crazed monkeys so you know i go into it for a couple hours to, to justify it in a simple conversation is is incredibly difficult okay yeah. i don't want to sit here and say hey you got to buy my material but at the end of the day what the hell do you want me to say you know get True. the books you get it for 4.95 i don't know if it's yeah. in there or not but it should it be you know I, I don't know what else to do you know um but you know yeah there's a lot of truth to it you you if you look at human nature you you realize that almost every thing in the human mind is is got a governor set on the limits and aspects of of the parameter of what that's supposed to be like and mm-hmm. all that psychic phenomena is spiritual or or mental disciplines through buddhism and hinduism and going in your mind is really hacking reality it's hacking that system and you're you're changing the rules of of what your mind is capable of understanding or seeing or perceiving yeah and that is the pursuit to finding a higher truth because we're, we're we're not allowed to see the real truth and so you're you're finding ways to peer and get past it and that is the the spiritual adept that is the the mystic mm-hmm so when it comes to sex, sure, it's 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 conversation that can't be. It's the elephant in the room. I mean, any any guy and girl for that matter, it's it's something going through their head. And and if I don't address that, then I'm doing a disservice to to students. Now you could say, well, that's my opinion. Fine, it's my opinion. But you tell me if you don't agree or you see the common sense in it. I I believe in a lot of common sense thinking when possible. Absolutely. Speaking of energy, what's your take on chi? Obviously, being martial arts, that's a hot topic for us here. Sure. Um, yeah. What's your view on chi, channeling energy? Can you store it? Can you build up a lot of it? Can okay. you become a lot invincible of to an extent? What's is, your view on that? Is like new age shit with auras and everything else. They've taken oh, wow. 10% truth and and added 90% bullshit. Okay. And it's for <laughs> people who never even achieved, experienced it, or know what it is, and they just try to think they know what they're doing with it. I yeah. hate to be that guy, and they're gonna all come after me now. Whatever, whatever. Um, you know, I see these people in these these YouTube's back when they would heat up, you know, with their hands and make a fire burst from paper and stuff. And I yeah. go, absolutely not true. And you find <laughs> out later they're they're training themselves to take electrical charge, and that they'll put their hand on the wall, and then they find out later that there's these electrical current that they built into the wall. And they're making it stay in their muscle tissue and water fatty tissue. And then they've learned to like expand or retract the muscles, which actually make the electricity build up and it actually will make fire, which is amazing in itself until you get cancer and die. So <laughs> in, in the end, you know, they're trying to say it's cheap. Now you have people who basically say, you know, try to move me and this and that. And, you know, you do that. I think that's more mental mind over, over students and they believe that. And then all of a sudden they can't move them. Um, is there chi? Yes, there is chi. Is there an energy that can be utilized? Absolutely. But it, it, I think that the way that it's been defined has been distorted greatly. Yeah. Um, that is a conversation I'm sure that I go into. I, I kind of go through the pros and cons of that. But 
Do I believe that there are forces and energies within the body that can do profound things? Absolutely. Okay. Do I think that you're going to find this in some quick, easy fix way? No. If you were to say, hey, Eric, do you think you could train me as an MMA fighter to do really badass stuff? I would say I can take the best guy and up his game 15%. That's and what I figure. That's huge if you think about it. If you're an A-game guy and somebody's like, I can take your 100% and bring it to 115 or, or make it so that you become the new level of what 100 is and everybody else drops down to 85 or whatever, yeah. then let's call it. But all of that is within the mind and, and manipulating your mind and disciplining it. When <coughs> you think about the primitive state of mind, the hunter-gatherer, and our survival means and what we had to do with adrenaline pulsing in our body – and, and all of these different things, if there's a way to control that, which still comes to consciousness, consciousness equals electricity pulsing in your blood and the release and time to release of biochemicals in your body, this is, becomes chi. It is still energy. It's electricity. The electricity yeah. in your body is produced by chemical factors in your body. If you can manipulate or, or find a way to get those electricities to, to manipulate or you can turn on adrenaline, in a certain way and control it, you have a significant edge over your opponent. True. And this is what goes into true martial arts. Even the, the, the martial arts, I believe, in, in the East, if you will, has, has lost a lot of that knowledge. Absolutely. And, and so, you know, there's that truth also. That's good. And it makes a lot more sense because she is kind of a weird term, but that is, there's a lot of truth to that too. You're right. Well, it's, it's not only that, but you got to think of chi outside of the box. Most people think yeah. of chi as this, this energy where you can push people away and do stuff. <laughs> and what, what you really have to understand what chi is, and this is where I get frustrated because I have to now use the word chi because there's not necessarily a better word that, that the commonality yeah. of people listening can relate to, okay, know what I'm talking about. But they also have this built-up concept that they've been educated on. So if, if I say it, then they make these assumptions without realizing they're making assumptions. And now we could be talking about two different things. And this <laughs> right. goes for everything. This is why I hate New Age. I hate all these different things because they've destroyed real knowledge. Yeah. So when you think about chi, I don't necessarily think about chi as the energy moving through the body. I, I think of it beyond that i think about it as the electrical field around the body yeah. and that electrical field has a survival mechanism that i believe we've had since primitive day to survive against animals that were 50 times stronger than us 50 times faster had fangs had claws had had sense of smell greater than us we could sense them and the hair stands up on your back and you're like something's watching us something is 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 prying on us yeah. if you turn and you can feel that that is a survival instinct i think that's a psychic ability okay yeah if you could learn to utilize that to sense what your opponent is going to do next to you 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 should have a reaction that's before you even have the thought that is primitive instinct there's this other mechanism that can think faster that will react to that. And I think to some degree that's what training helps to do. You're learning all these patterns, and when a body moves a certain way, you're feeling that movement in them, and it's recognizing that. But I'm yeah. saying it can be pushed to another level. Yeah, I'm really curious what your thoughts are on, like, uh, human potential. I'm curious just, like, physically and spiritually. I mean, 
obviously, like for me in the octagon, but also just in general, like what are, what are the possibilities for human potential? Well, what, what do you think? Th- that is that's a very open ended question when you talk to a person like me. Okay? Yes, that's why I give it to you if, that way. <laughs> if if uh, if I think of it in standard terms, I I think that you know you 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 can have extreme adrenaline pump i think that the human muscle can get so tight meaning lifting or strength wise that it literally can become like wood i wouldn't say steel but it can become incredibly and that's very powerful i mean your hand could crush something okay yeah under extreme situations okay so but there would be a limit to that but on on another level on a metaphysical level I also believe that if we live in a simulated reality and everything is an illusion or everything is basically a hologram, then the real limit is the limit of which the governors in your brain define what your capabilities are. That's so crazy. I think that when you think about spiritual masters who've done miracles, as soon as you accept the idea we live in a simulated reality, it's like, oh my God, it makes so much sense. Yeah. And you realize that anything is almost possible, but there's probably a limit to how far that can be pushed. But that limit, when it is pushed, we say, oh, my God, it's a miracle. (laughs) I mean, I've done stuff and have done multiple things with witnesses that defy physics. But if I look at it as a simulated reality, then I'm just tampering with the laws of the program. Yeah. So magic is only magic to the intelligence that can't comprehend the science behind it true and and so is mysticism psychic phenomena everything i believe anything i can do i can teach anybody else to do that's what i do so at the end of the day there's a systematic mathematical process in my mind i may not be using math to teach it but at the end of the day there's a system and it can be replicated that's crazy Okay, a few more small questions for you, if that's fine. All right, we got to wrap it up soon. We've been we've been going here for a while. Uh, one uh, one small one, real quick, is just on uh, creating change and making a difference. Um, in, in the big scheme, you know, if this is all an illusion, I'm curious what your thoughts are on like actually doing positive things for people, making a difference, whether it's social justice causes or whatever. If this is an illusion, like, do you, what's the balance between doing good and impacting people and just being lazy and saying whatever, you know? You know, this is where I can get hung because I'm supposed to be a spiritual teacher and I'm all about <laughs> love and kindness yeah, and all this other stuff, but I'm a realist. It's yep. not that I don't feel things. It's not that I don't have love. I, I feel like I have an abundant amount of love. Yeah. But, you know, I think sometimes you can do things for people and they're very thankful and a month later you need something and that person is just like, what do you need? Why, why are you bothering me? Yeah. And so I think it creates in some people this sense of, you know, um, spite because you do so much for so many other people, but it's like it's so easily forgotten. Why why bother doing that? Do you get what yeah. I'm saying? Absolutely. On the same token, I do a lot of things for a lot of people. Nobody – I think the people closest to me know how much I do. I help a lot of people, mm-hmm. and I don't put it out there because then everybody comes in droves. You know what I'm saying? So there's only so much of me I can do, but I, anybody who knows me personally, I think I, I do an awful lot for people. And my philosophy is that uh, I believe I'm one of those people who get high off of helping or doing stuff for other people. I enjoy it. It makes me feel good. And so I want to do things to help other people. So whether or not they reciprocate that back or, or do something helping me with something at my house or whatever, um, 
it doesn't matter to me, but it, it does sometimes if I'm ever really in a pinch and I'm like, you know, boy, you know, all the things I did for this person, I'm shocked that they, they couldn't stop for 10 minutes out of their day for me. And most of my friends, fortunately, would, would be willing to do that. But, you know, this is just a very practical view of something that's a very complex question, okay? Yeah. In a, in a simulated reality, the point is, is that there's a, there's a part of me that looks at the simulated reality and works on that in a in a mystic way. I have this 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 other personality that pursues knowledge through it, that pursues burning questions, that pursues things that are just just that entice me. Okay. Yeah. Then there's this part of me that accepts the fact that I am in this reality. I am having a life, and I've got to interact with other people. And in that process, I have to be humane. I have to be kind. I want to treat people the way I would want to be treated. Yeah. And there's bad people and there's good people. There's there's bad intentions, there's good intentions. But for the most part, I have to constantly evolve myself and say, do did I make a mistake? Do I regret that decision? Do Would I do it differently the next time around? And I think that's the part of living as a human and growing. When you don't have remorse or you don't rethink things, you, then you're not really changing. And I think then, then you know, whatever. So I, I think that the value of life is as important as the value of, of knowing there's a simulated reality and wanting to know as much about it. That's the, powerful. You know, so that, that's my opinion. I think that, that whether we live in a simulated reality or not, and I do believe we do, I think it's just as beautiful then as when I would reflect before I considered a simulated reality, going back to my youth, I would look at everything and say, my God, God, you created the most beautiful mind-blowing place ever imaginable and i love it it's beautiful it's it's and i feel that way to this day see the hair popping up on my arm so you know i i think that being in this this reality simulated or not is an absolutely beautiful thing i think that the people that i meet in this life i will mourn and 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 be very despair to leave them one day when i part this reality yeah. And that is, speaks volumes because no matter how how simulated they are and not real people, in my <laughs> mind, they're as real as, as I ever was. True. And and there are things I learned from them and there's shared things and, and there's, there's all of these things. And so to me, the existence of life on any level that's even, even simple enough is the pursuit of garnering information, data, experiences. So – the only time I'm going to be like it's not worth anything, it's not the fact that I know the real secret behind it all, okay? Yeah. It's that is there anything here that's not rewarding me on some level that, that I'm getting something out of? Am I not getting experiences anymore? Am I not discovering things that are new about people or life or new things? I mean there's certain things in life that – you know, there's an old saying the world gets smaller the more intelligent you become. It's absolutely yeah. true. I, I sometimes envy the the terminology of, of ignorance is bliss. <laughs> I mean, I remember times when I knew a lot less, and the world seemed much more interesting. That's now, true. I think about traveling in places in the world, and I feel like I've been there already, even though I never have. I kind of know what to expect, what's going to happen, what it'll be like, so I'm not as excited about it anymore. Yeah. And my mind is so complex that I, I, can, I can do all that. So, in a way, I feel cheated, but this is what pursues me mystically to, to to peel the ribbons of reality to keep pursuing this this thing but in the meantime i'm definitely rooted here there's a commitment otherwise you know why not check out and you know i, I why not be able to do it all that's really good for recommended courses that pertain to this podcast 
see origins explored, ties that bind, high guard, simple complexity, and unveiled. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a positive review to help others like yourself find this knowledge. In show notes, you'll find recommended training material pertaining to subjects touched upon in any given episode. When you purchase our courses, not only are you supporting the most prestigious resource for mystic knowledge there is, you're investing in yourself with a source of knowledge that you can trust, knowledge that aligns with the instincts that you feel in your core for truth. We don't advertise outside products or services. It is our material alone that funds this podcast, making it consistently available for free is critically dependent on our listeners. The tools Higher Balance provides has the power to shape your destiny. Expand your consciousness. Become the enigma you were born to be. Choose it. Follow the voice that speaks from your chest and let it guide you home. Meditation. It's more than just relaxation. There are different kinds of meditation, just like there are different tools to do a job. Finding the right kind of meditation will decide whether you awaken or whether you just simply drift. Energy. More than just a thought, but of movement that you can literally feel through your body. Visions. More than a faded idea within your consciousness, but rather a vivid reality so clear it'll make you question reality itself. Meditation, if used properly, will show you how to move the currents of your mind into a better life, a more prosperous life, consciousness expanding, memory improvement, inner balance, higher balance. Most of all, discover who and what you are and what you can do. Join us at Higher Balance Institute. We'll help change your world. Thank you for listening to Rebel Guru Radio. 